0: Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. Aloha, everyone. So wonderful to see you. So in today's sutra, we continue inside the actor's studio with our analogy of acting and drama and the arts as a way of understanding our relationship with our true nature. Um, in tonight's episode, <laughs> you might call it, um, we see that when we live from our senses or when we are compelled uh, from our senses, when we react from our senses, we tend to get stuck in <clears throat> a cycle of reproducing the same movie over and over and over again and as we know from sequels as the movies sequels unroll they rarely get more creative right they usually get more caricatured versions of themselves and so in our lives um, as we sort of get caught in the loop of samsara by being caught up in our senses um, we actually sort of tend to produce the same movie over and over, this sutra gives us an opening, uh, a way out of that loop, a way out of those sort of old episodes that we we keep having to relive. And it comes by way of allowing our senses to instead of become the actors and the reactors, to allow the senses to detach, to detach from our senses and to allow them to merely be spectators, participants, witnesses of this universal drama. And as we're able to do that, as we're able to step back a little from our senses and from our mind, we find that this drama unfolds in ways, as Babaji always tells us, uh, we could never have imagined. The Sanskrit um, reverberate within you. I'm going to break it down into its key syllables. Can repeat it with me. Preksha, Preksha, Kanindri, Kanindri, Yani, Yani, Preksha, Kanindri, Yani. You can say it to yourself a few times, sort of like a mantra. The sense organs are the spectators. The sense organs are the spectators. Such a simple sutra, one sentence, very straightforward. Yet requires a lot of unpacking, you know, to really get to the bottom of it. Because it feels like what we're being given here is a... Just a very simple command, just like this, you know, and you have to ask yourself, well, what does it feel like? What does that mean to have the sense organs be spectators? What are they normally? Is this different than we normally live? What happens if they are not spectators? What does that look like? These are the questions that, you know, uh, I worked with, uh, and I think maybe you have two if you've read leading up to this or if you, you know, throughout this class. This image over here um, sort of gives you a sense of the infinite loop that is uh, perception when we live from our senses. Uh, This will be something we're going to have to build up to this concept uh, in our class. This will be like the final analogy, but the idea that we just keep recreating our reality when we live from our senses and we don't get to interact directly with our true nature as much as we should. And our life doesn't get to recreate itself as naturally as it should that when we live from our senses we live in a bound way sutra seems to be telling us But let's build up to this um, just piece by piece we're going to break down this very short sutra but what i found was each aspect almost each sentence in the sutra was so crisp clear and direct that it really required um, some unpacking because it seemed like each Sentence was a little sutra itself. Uh, Welcome back, Sunanda. Good to see you. Welcome back. I know you've been so busy lately. Good to see everybody, of course. Murali, good to see you, man. Right on. Um, So let's start here. Um, Sunanda, do you want to just read this first one for us? You can just press space bar to unmute.
1: I'm sorry, I have a new. Oh. Set. Can you hear me? Okay.
0: Yeah, you look. You look good. Sound good.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, yeah. It is a yogi who discovers that this world, as universal movement, is actually a universal drama taking place.
0: All right. The so yogi is the one who discovers that there's a universal drama taking place. Well, what does everybody else discover? Well, I think they're stuck in the drama, right? They don't actually discover that it's a drama at all. They don't know anything. Anything's behind it. That there's any other possibilities. How do we observe this drama? Well, that's pretty simple according to the sutra. The observers of this drama are our own sense organs. You know, I always find this to be sort of fascinating because what I think we forget, we always think about this in almost like two parts, like... Oh, I've got these ears, and I've got these eyes, and I've got this mouth, and I'm I'm tasting this, or I'm tasting that, but it, or I'm seeing this, and I'm hearing that, but literally, like, they all come together in your experience of reality so seamlessly that you don't realize, even though you're not watching a movie right now, you're completely immersed in a movie right now. Every sense is participating. The screen is completely enveloping. It doesn't end. Even here, you know, it goes into your hearing, into your taste, into your feeling. That your senses, what your senses are observing, every single one of them, every single moment is this drama unfolding. Shiva's Oscar winning movie. It's occurring right now. And everything that you are sensing is literally you in the theater watching it. And so here's the normal experience of us. This next one. Let's see. Dharma, you want to read this one?
2: In this play, filled with life, with death, with sorrow, with sadness, with joy, with happiness, filled with rising and with falling, worldly people are overwhelmed by sadness by pleasure by pain etc
0: so that's what we see in this movie we well we don't even really see it those are that's what we experience we experience the movie as sorrow, sadness, joy, happiness, rising and falling, boredom, depression, ecstasy, whatever it might be. We have these experiences and we're sort of overwhelmed by it. I remember Babaji saying that, you know, most people are just trying to keep their head above water in their life and that it really, as Swami Rujananda told us, you have to really be able to almost like handle this horizontal level before you can go up, and and even start to look at what might be the source of this level, that when we're overwhelmed by it, it's very hard to imagine anything beyond it. We're stuck in those experiences. We're stuck in those feelings. And so this brings us to just one more slide, and then I think it might open up the door to some notes and some questions. Nigita, would you read this one for us?
3: It is a yogi. Oops.
0: So, boy, that that happened quickly. (laughs) That is a touchy touchpad. All right. Go ahead. Are we ready? Yeah, thanks.
3: It is a yogi who discovers that the actor in this drama is only one, the interior self, Aunt Taramat, oh, I didn't say that right, taking the part of so many beings, including even rocks. <laughs> wow.
0: So, as we saw on the previous slide, normally we don't see Shiva in this performance. We see a rock. We see our computer screen we see the wall or the tree but the yogi discovers through their practice of course not just because they call himself a yogi but through their practice they discover that there's an actor behind each of these parts and that that actor is Shiva Now normally we're always caught in a state of accepting and rejecting, and it's really hard to see this so for example, when I was reading this i was there was a, a cup of matcha on my table, and I was like, "I want to see Shiva in this matcha cup i want to see i want to see what does that feel like?" And I just was like playing with that feeling like is Shiva in the, and I really wanted to take a sip of the matcha, and I found that I couldn't really relate to this subtle quality of trying to feel shiva in this thing in front of me because i wanted the matcha and i was like oh when you're stuck when you want something when you just have that attachment or that rejection of it um that's all you can feel and that's the previous slide that's the stuck in just the the experience of ups and downs and i want and i don't want and etc and so I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to torture myself here. I took a sip and then I put it back. And then I was like, oh, now I can relate to this cup in a way that doesn't require, doesn't involve this um, attachment or rejection. And suddenly I was like, then now there's space for, there's space for something higher, for something finer, for something other than just my own wants. Because as the sutras tell us, when we're going through our life just one want to the next one, we tend to get entangled in the fences of our mind, and we tend to suffer. Does that um, open up the door for any questions or any comments for anyone? I'll just leave a little quiet space here just to let it percolate. Yeah, nandama go for it.
4: I had a question about the previous slide.
0: Okay, I'll pop it up. Go for it.
4: So, is it, is the rising and the falling part of the five acts of Shiva, the creation? Hmm.
0: That's a great question, and I feel like that specifically did, come up if it in one of the three translations give me just one second to pull up the actual text did you okay just sort of glancing through cuz i remember that coming up specifically I think I remember where it came up now. It was in the, this is going to sound funny, and I'm not like an encyclopedia, okay? This is just, I, for my other presentation that's coming up next week, I, I was looking at the bigger Hidayam, and chapters 13 and 14 talk about, I think it's 14 that says, The easiest path to the experience of Shiva is to place your awareness in your heart and just leave it there without any other thoughts and it, and as a way of leading up to that practice they said they said the previous more challenging practices of Vedanta uh, in, included observing the five acts of Shiva um, as a means of of having the same realization and so what I would take that to mean is, that when that this sutra as well as that one from the Hadayam, is is saying that detaching from the senses watching the coming and the going well that i believe is what the sutra is compelling us to do to to become an observer to have the senses become spectators rather than reactors um to what we're seeing so i believe that there's exactly I keep pointing over, it's over here. Exactly what this list is implying is the the manifestations of the five acts of Shiva. If you can actually keep your awareness detached and observe them as five acts and not just this experience and that experience, but rather the coming and the going and the sustaining, then yes, that would be it. That's what, that's what we're driving towards. And that is, from what I understand from the text, and that's... the. The foundation of what we're really doing when we say we're you know, doing our practice is we're observing those 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 manifestations in order to connect with the creator, the maintainer, and the dissolver behind them, Shiva. To so does that point you in the right direction? Does that feel clear?
5: Um you-
0: Cool and oh if there's anything follow up, Anonymous, before you move on.
4: Well, yeah, just as you were talking, I, I was realizing that this, at least this slide, I can't remember the other one, is more about emotions rather than our physical senses. And because I think our, I'm just thinking this out loud, the physical senses we can use to draw within, and these we more want to, feel away from and witness that sound correct
0: the physical senses repeat repeat it for me one more time and other people might have gotten it the first time but i need one more
4: yes so the the, our senses of smell touch taste when we use those to help us kind of merge and go deeper into that silent space in the heart but this is more about this is just supposed to be more about the emotions and we feel them and we're trying to peel away from them and witness them rather than you know, use them to them.
0: Mm-hmm. I i'm going to keep i'm going to keep that in mind as we work with it because i'm always open and never would I assume that I've fully grasped anything about these sutures because they're just an unfolding, but I was under the impression that this, that we were doing that, what you're describing with emotions to the senses here, that like this, what I'm seeing, I am detaching from, what I'm hearing, I am detaching from, similar to how you were describing the emotions as a way of not what I later, what I interpreted throughout the sutra is to say that when we react to our senses, uh, we tend to recreate them. Uh, We That tends to rewrite the script again, and so that the same thing continually gets projected in front of us, that which we don't like, we continue to like, not like, but yet it gets bigger and bigger because we keep focusing on how much we don't like it. Oh, well that's the emotion you were talking about. Maybe they're inseparable. How did things, you know, what don't you like about butterscotch ice cream? I don't like the way it tastes, you know, but like it's like, you know, it creates an emotion, but it's based on a sense, but that's definitely worthy of unpacking. You know, one of those things, it's almost like you could keep that in mind and look back through the whole sutra and potentially draw out like a a unique perspective. Cool, okay, and then Gita.
3: Would you go back to the very first slide?
0: Sure, coming up. The uh, the actual sutra.
3: No, uh, yeah, One. the sense organs are spectators. Okay. It's kind of, this ties with Anandama's question and uh, I, I don't remember the Sanskrit word in the eight limbs of yoga, but one of the, as you get toward uh, the meditation, way down on the eight, there is a withdrawal of the senses.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And to me, this makes sense. If to realize that the sense organs are just the spectators, they're what bring they're the story into my body. Because um, well, it's kind of a silly example, but my husband and I can go hiking, and he can see all these things that I have no that I don't see. What he brings in through his eyes, I don't bring in through my eyes. And I think there are lots. If you're a good cook, you can taste things that what that's. the the composition of the dish that people who aren't very skilled at cooking can't discern. That's another example. So this makes sense to me that if we can see the sense organs as just spectators, (laughs) that they're not, um, that they're just bringing a story into us is the way I interpret that. That may be uh, not the right interpretation. But it's a. I'm reading that as that phrase, detached from the senses.
2: Hmm.
0: I'm just letting that let, letting that soak in and. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely a, a tendency, I feel like, when we talk about the senses to almost want to cut them off without realizing that what they're bringing you is like like this. Like well, What I interpreted you saying is that your husband, when you go hiking, it's like he brings a different perspective on the same scene. And so if you were able, I feel like there's many different things there. If you were able to be in, in a really surrendered state, um, we might see more than what we're used to seeing. I'm not sure if that's the direction you were going, but that was just something it I is. saw. Yeah. No, that is. I see. So it's like our experience of reality isn't so much limited by our senses, but by the... Our tendency to attach to certain things more than others we're missing on out on what Babaji usually sees uh, or says is like of seeing what's possible because of our tendency to attach to what we like and push away what we don't like but like even the very fact that you can go hiking with your husband and see two different realities shows you that the limitation is not in the scene it's in the it's in your interpretation of the scene
3: That's You said it very well.
0: And it's almost like that's surrender, right? Like surrender Mm -hmm. is what allows us to expand. Yeah. Because it's not about trying to look for other stuff that you don't see. How do you look for something you can't see? How do you see something? You're like, oh, I want to see what my husband sees because that was interesting. It's like, "What, what do you, that doesn't make any sense, right? So it's like the only thing you can do if you really were craving a bigger perspective Would be to like soften feel and observe and like and in that would open the door to potentially a larger vantage point but not because but you're not doing that with the intention of jumping out into that when you finally see it but rather like you're doing it for its own sake and that i feel like is what this sutra is saying about the when you turn that awareness within Meaning you're turning it towards just the expansive quality, not the thing that you're gonna that's gonna manifest. Suddenly the world opens up for you or as it says, you know, you know, sort of that's the discovery of your true that's the discovery we're seeking.
3: Well said, thank you.
0: Thank you. Yeah, these classes are so cool like that. There's just, there's no way any of us could open these doors in this very discussion for each other, in this discussion. Like, you know, uh, we're all, we sort of all represent a different vantage point on the sutra and helping each other almost like expand our perspective of the sutra. Any other hands before we um, keep pushing forward? Yeah, go for it, Sunanda.
1: I was just wondering, you know, I'm feeling a tremendous amount of energy tonight um, in my heart, in my navel. Um, And so, you know, I'm just trying to circulate this energy. I'm wondering what the connection is between feeling a lot of Shakti and a lot of energy in your psychic system and the sense the sense organs like i'm just wondering if there's any kind of connection there
0: and what do you feel like the connection is based on your current experience like if you don't circulate the energy what does that feel like and when you do what's the difference take your time
1: It just feels really strong. It just feels like so much energy in my heart. And um if I kind of wiggle out of it a little bit, my mind might maybe try to interpret that a little bit or create a little story around it. Um and but then if I can, you know, sort of get it down and around, then it feels just more like a full sort of psychic body experience. Mm. Like an opening.
0: I think the first interpretation is probably the easier to understand of what, when we don't do something with it, how you said it increases the mind's storytelling, like immediately that energy uh, manifests uh, in some way or is interpreted in some way. Um, So I think that's, yeah, and I think we can all relate to that. And then the second half of what, when you do actually use your practice and put that into that circular pathway what the energy becomes is much harder to describe much harder to like put our finger on like but that essentially it's like we can always use that as our almost like our 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 true north compass you know when you have energy and you circulate it and you know you're actually doing your practice you know we can all we'll all always continue to do it better but when you're actually just saying like i'm doing that right now and you work with it to always remember like and to acknowledge that that experience will never fit into words quite right and that experience is so valuable to to just be aware of the experience and to to feel it because it's like you're you're really aligning your whole compass when you can do your practice and and be aware of it. You know, it's almost like you're, every cell of your body is getting that realignment. And so how does that experience relate directly to the sutra? Feel free to raise your hand if you wants to put it into words. I'm at a loss. <laughs> yeah, Tara, go for it.
6: I don't know if I'm going to be able to put it into words either. Sure. <laughs> but my sense of it um, with almost that what Gita was saying and what Sunanda were saying were, were two sides of the same point, that when you are in inside, when your focus is inside and your awareness is inside, um, your experience of the senses broadens so that you experience them in a way that is in harmony or dancing with the flow of the universe, with Shiva and with Shakti. So even though it expresses itself in the vision that you may take in, that your eyes can see more of the place that you're at, it's you can see more because you are completely immersed in the moment, you are completely, you know, the ocean of existence. Um, Or if you're cooking, your creative energy can come through and just the the right spice or the right um, ingredient to add because you are at one with your expression in the world. And um, what Sunanda was saying was that is like the inner experience that you're having. So your inner experience is this vastness and this unnameable being in the moment that doesn't necessarily need a form to manifest as far as your being able to work with the energy of it and feel the flow of it. Mm. And I don't know if I quite said it, what I, what I was experiencing as I was listening to both perspectives, but it felt to me like it was, a like a two, two sides of the same coin, um,
2: -hmm. um,
6: explanation of what it is to be fully immersed in the moment, um, and a part of the flow of, Shiva and Shakti and all things and one can manifest itself through the senses in union and one is experienced in the internal flow of of the energy in Shakti.
0: I think in both cases, we have to um, feel for this, uh, this experience where something's, something's coming to us and a, a feeling of some kind is, is, is coming to us and, and our work is, is not to reach out to it. And I feel like with the senses, um, it's almost like that lower tatvik quality where they're much more physical, they're much more obvious. But with the energy like that Sunanda is describing or that we all work with in our practice at different times and in different qualities and ways, it's, it's interesting. That's a thing. You know, it's a, it's a lighter quality tattva, but it's actually, it's actually a, a feeling, right? You're feeling the energy. You're circulating it. It's like very interesting that it's still a thing. So it's, it's almost like you have to have a lighter touch. To work with that and but in both cases, I feel like we're doing the same work where you're allowing something to come to you while you're maintaining a connection inside you're really trying to stay back in your seat and allow it to come instead of reach out or react back and it feels like with the energy, we have to be even more detached and more surrendered to, but it's a similar work. Yogita.
7: Um, you know, sometimes
3: Baba says you, you get in a, uh, the spiritual practice is like you get in a car, to, uh, it's to take you somewhere, and then when you get there, you've got to get out. I was thinking about how we use the senses to get inside. We, we feel the breath, we watch the breath, we look at the guru, we listen to the mantra. And all these the senses help us go inside. But then when you get there, you got to let go of them.
0: <laughs> That's a great point. Like, for example, with mantra, you know, it starts louder. You feel it in the mouth. It's a little quieter. You feel it in the throat it's even quieter like a muttering it's in your heart it's silent it's in your navel so it's almost like the senses become less and less important as the mantra is doing its work hmm Yeah, Usha.
8: <clears throat> this brings to mind a couple of things um, to me is, um, the thought of Rudy and really enjoying ice cream know just the just being and really enjoying the ice cream and then the other one is um the dharana that tells you to go back to the source of you know when you see the sunset or whatever you go back to the source so those are two things that um, come up for me mm-hmm. We're, and I think too Baba just this last Monday referred to um, watching a sunset I believe it was and connecting with that so he's using his senses as spectators hmm
0: yeah so just really sitting back and letting the experience come to you and and then letting yourself feel inside because this actually brings us to the this bigger analogy or this bigger metaphor that that sort of helps unpack this concept which is that our reality is being projected from within that's called Prakasha. So this light of awareness is actually being projected from within us out. It hits a screen in front of us. That is also Shiva, as we know from Pryabigar Hidayam. Um, and we see this projection of reality that's coming from within us. We see it on the screen. And you know, if you're at a movie theater and you look up, you don't see the movie in the, in the air being projected right so we we don't see this projection we only see the screen and so our senses are how we observe that reality that's being projected from within us our senses help us observe that now when we react to what's on the screen it changes immediately the writing that's happening of this movie. This movie is being written in real time and projected in real time. And so when the person on the screen, let's say it's a scary character and you feel scared, that scary character suddenly has a little bit bigger part in the next scene and a little bit bigger part in the next scene. Every time you react to it, the writing changes in here, the projection changes, the screen reflects that pattern. And so it gets bigger and bigger until you feel maybe anxious or scared or all those things that were from before, uh, ecstatic, um, you know, whatever the word emotion we want to put in there. And so we find that instead of letting Shiva do the acting, we are reacting to what we're seeing on the, sh- on the screen and we keep changing the writing, changing the writing changing the movie and so what we might interpret this sutra is saying is if we just finally allowed our senses to just be spectators to just be back in the chair and to surrender the movie to see it as a movie as Lakshmanju says in the sutra numerous times then what does that do does that end the movie if we don't if we don't react does the movie end well we know from the last sutra and from a pretty classic quote from babaji at this point because it's come up so many times in so many sutras when we're walking through the soccer fields of kona and we're just stepping into the present the world doesn't fall away we don't trip over things we actually become more skillful walkers when we detach and witness this reality in fact as Babaji continually reminds us, um, not only does it make us more skillful practitioners, uh, it actually makes the movie better. That's the big thing. It actually makes the movie better. So instead of just having Bad Boys 4 come out for the, or Bad Boys 14, you know, or 27 Jump Street, whatever it is, it's a new movie. It's a, it's a fresh movie that reflects Shiva's character, Shiva's writing, and Shiva's direction, instead of our rewriting, and our redirecting. And so, the senses are the spectators, you know, are the path to that. And I think Usha, you naming that vigyanabhairava sentiment, and Rudy, you know, being able to step back and enjoy that ice cream, like when you can detach from it, it gets bigger. Baba says, when you step off a cliff with surrender, you go up. You don't lose the thing. You actually gain it. Um, So, yeah, good references there. And Dharma, do you want to continue that discussion or go for it?
2: Yeah. You know, I I was just thinking about the senses and being observers or spectators and, uh, you know we 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 have a 5 month old so his senses are just open to experience but there's this development of cognition and that's natural too to us right cognition is we can anticipate what's happening next right it's like how we survive as humans with you know gravity and these sort of um, shared realities. And, you know, as, as we develop the judgments and the personality structures, and those um, patterns uh, become more reinforced, like through our senses, those samskaras, and those karmas really take a hold, it's learning how to work and using that surrender and um, transcending that is the difference between that yogi and that innocent five-month-old who's just experiencing the senses.
0: Boil that boil that down for me just one more time. Just like I feel like right there at the very end, I was, it was starting to come together. Help me.
2: That, that um that like cognition, personality, these these um, aspects of you know the the karmic human equation aren't good or bad. Right. And and, and even that state. Oh. Of, um, uh, being a worldly person, um, once you know how to work, and once that surrender becomes possible, sort of like that proper use of the will starts to show itself, mm-hmm. um, then in, enlightenment, then we're on that path to enlightenment. Um, And so that state of presence and enlightenment is a different, it's further up the mountain than the experience of that sort of very open and innocent Mm. um, young child who hasn't, you know, who who hasn't reached those developmental stages of uh, incarnation
0: further up the mountain than just experiencing it yeah you know there's a Patanjali has a cool way of putting it when he says well this isn't exactly he he talks about the five states of the mind and he says dreamless sleep appears to look like meditation but it's not meditation because it lacks the flame of awareness and it sort of reminds me of what you were saying where you know the it's the It's the flame of awareness that changes the equation, not whatever's flashing on the screen, and that and that flame of awareness is what defines our overall experience, but I might have missed some subtleties in there of of interpreting your comment.
2: Well, and, and i'm i'm not enlightened either so i'm just yeah. specula- i'm just
0: speculating but the fun part of being a practitioner is that we can actually we can i you know it's like i feel like we can talk about it we can we can actually talk about that goal and what that means you know because we can relate to it on a day-to-day level of what was it like to what does it feel like to just try to expand? You know how how much have you grown in the last year? You know, and then looking back and being like, that's a, a degree of enlightenment. You know, and not even there's no pretentiousness there. It really is true because you earned it through your practice. So, yeah, Radharani, good to see you.
5: Hey, so yes, um, kind of going back to when you were saying. We're saying the, the movie is a reflection of what is inside of us. Mm. We can't really see it, right? But if we detach from it and we actually realize it's a movie, a reflection, you were you said you asked like, so what happens is a movie. And I wonder it or maybe is that when we are able to see Shiva in that mm. reality? In front of us which is kind of like that ultimate goal to being able to be shiva mm. everywhere or realize that shiva universal universal consciousness is everywhere but sometimes we can't some, well, most of the time i cannot see it i cannot see that but maybe um yeah the moving one will not end but will realize that Shiva is there and um, also it, it made me think back of your other comment when you said that you wanted that matcha tea to experience experience Shiva there right you were saying you want to ex- experience Shiva and that matcha cup of tea and makes me seem sometimes when I'm in that state of mind and being like oh how do, how can you experience Shiva in this external world I think I'm expecting something specific. I'm expecting to take that cup of tea and it's going to be an experience a specific experience. So I already have an expectation instead of just letting the experience come to me Mm -hmm. without the expectation. So just a little bit what Gita was saying, the senses are maybe objective. We put judgment in it. And so we cannot experience the reality in its fullness, because we already have a preconceived notion of what the experience of Shiva is going to be when I drink that tea. So that's why I cannot experience it, maybe Mm -hmm. like going back to what, you know, you said about the coming from Babaji is like, sometimes we if we, you know, let the expectations go, we we get something bigger than what we think is we're going to get.
0: Yeah And you don't have to like not drink the tea you don't have to like not participate, right? You just all you have to do is just try to stay in your seat The seat of the, the seat of awareness may be in the heart While you while the movie plays out and that's it and it's like that's how we see Shiva There's there, there's no way to actually see Shiva uh, Because that's his illusion is so complete Um that the only way we can do it is by letting the senses just be spectators, instead of reactors. Or in your case, you were saying, like, almost like, when we expect something, we've already locked in Mm -hmm. to, to a reaction.
5: Yeah, like, we expect something specific, we already have, like, yeah, this is gonna be this way, instead of letting it be
0: yeah yeah it's a great experiment you know that i think as yogis we can play with in a real way not just like you know um you know it's real you know you can really just take like the next hour after this is over and you can let your sense of sight come to you you can let your taste come to you maybe it's really late where you're at You can just take, you can let the the toothbrush, the taste of the toothpaste come to you if you're getting ready for bed, you know, or like you can really do this stuff and it it unveils Shiva almost instantly to a small degree. Like there's an instant shift that occurs where suddenly at the very least, you're not making it harder on yourself. The very least you're not amplifying it you're just for at the very least it just neutralizes everything for a moment and at the very best it starts to dissolve stuff it starts to dissolve things and and a feeling of wholeness rises up um and as soon as you feel that wholeness there's a tendency for the mind to grab onto it and then you gotta start over but nonetheless it's it's so possible um it just takes a little effort over time and of course as actual as real practitioners with a living teacher and a sangha and a practice when you point your practice in this direction it will generate results and so hopefully this sutra motivates you to try this you could do it anytime and there's so much more to explore in this sutra that we didn't quite get to so even though it's like this long, it's so short. I don't know how we only got to like half of the shortest sutra, but I mean, that's awesome. But nonetheless, if you look in the sutra, you'll find a little bit more inspiration, but I think it'll look a little clearer now that we've had this discussion. Well, and a shout-out to, oh, hey, Kat, and a quick shout-out to Padma Pani, who's listening to this while he's waiting on his second COVID vaccine. Way to go, Padma, for tuning in. Cool. That's he's on the phone. That's why he's no picture. And Kat, did you want to wrap up our discussion here?
7: Yeah, I just have. So I've been um, in a different. This I have this in a different language, Um, and in that other language, it it talks about it calls out the sutra a little bit differently. But I liked one of the things it said when it translates back into English and kind of says the same thing differently when it comes back around from Arabic to English. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was, that was really so hard fun. to get out. Yeah. Um, it says that um, sense perception, however, is subject to error and therefore not real. What is real cannot be known for certain and what lacks certainty is covered by Nescience, which I liked because it's like, if senses, if all the senses are subject to error, then it's okay to keep retrying until we until we can find them and how they connect into our heart space and be able to disconnect from them.
0: Hmm. That's a great point to remind ourselves. Like, don't put all your hear chips in this pot of these senses I mean how often do are we reminded of how much they're subject to air literally on a daily basis I mean so true
7: and I just like that it was that it's what's not real cannot be known for certain rather than the like other way around
0: It's a nice little Zen Cohen moment in the mind, sort of puts your mind in that space of no thought. Thanks, Kat, for leaving us with the Zen Cohen of the week (laughs) and everyone for making this such a fun discussion. Anju and Bob and Murali and Nehemiah. I know you guys didn't get to say anything tonight, but it's wonderful seeing you. And to everybody else, Like, thanks for chiming in. That was one of the liveliest discussions. Like, that was so cool. Everybody was chiming in. So awesome. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you all. Um, next week, Murali and I are going to be presenting um, on the topic of non-doerships. So that's going to be cool. And then a couple weeks from now, we'll, we'll circle back around to probably the last part of the sutra maybe, and the next one, and it finishes our work with the acting metaphors. That's sort of, it's been fun. Um, so again, thanks everyone for being here. Namaste. Namaste. Have a great night.